this is unstructured. Hey, everybody. Super excited. Today's guest was introduced by former guest Daniele Bolelli, who is always a, a font of amazing information and really knows some amazing people. And I'm really honored to get an opportunity to meet today's guest, Jamie Kilstein. Hey, buddy. Hey, how's it going, man? Uh, good. Daniele is the best person on the planet. He's such a smart guy, um, well-rounded, even-keeled. How, how did you wind up um, getting to know him? Um, I feel like it was through Rogan. Uh, I don't know who reached out to who, but it was one of those things where it's like, hey, you're liberal, but not a stupid liberal, and you do jujitsu, so like we should be friends, right? And now I've like had dinner at his home and like hung out with his child, and uh, I'm helping. Uh, uh, I, I get to train with Savannah uh, with like nice. MMA and jujitsu, and uh, yeah, he's just the best man. Like anytime I have a uh, a, a, con- a, a, a conscience crisis or need advice uh I'll, I'll, he's like now the first person i'll call and he's really we've only been friends for a couple months um but you know he just uh he's just a great fucking guy yeah it's funny how that works though. i mean when you meet somebody and the chemistry is there it's like it's yeah. almost like you've you've known him for a few years even though you just met yeah uh and and honestly it's been crazy because i've you know i've definitely had a uh, a bit of a political shift and and friendship shift which i'm sure we'll get into um but the people i'm meeting now i feel like the people with confidence and who have a good life are so open to helping and sharing and you know that's the kind of person i always wanted to be um but you know, my old, my old group of friends, uh, they, they talk a big game online. Um, but man, they are cutthroat. Yeah. You wrote, um, really an outstanding essay recently, um, it, for Quillette, I believe it was. Yeah. And I, I love the title of it. What was it? Um, Oh, I don't remember, but it was how I sold my soul to Twitter or and and trying to, to buy, get it back. Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Now I, what I really, really appreciate about that is how and i've heard your story before on on rogan as well but how you're being very forthright on trying to learn how to treat people as people you know like not as a a message or a political viewpoint but actually this is a person yeah i mean it's um it's interesting because I, I definitely I've been complimented a lot for that recently and I don't like to take credit for it because I feel like a lot of it happened because my life rock bottomed. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like suddenly I was like meditating or like every other podcast host like went and did ayahuasca <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. It was, uh you know, I lost everything and had this moment where I was like, well, I either kill myself uh, or try to become a better person, try to figure out, even though the, the reasons that I lost everything weren't true or I don't agree with them. um, I realized that if I, if I spent my life being bitter 
and attacking the people who attacked me and starting this war, nothing would really get accomplished. So all I could do is try to move on and, you know, find the places in my life where I was selfish or where I put myself in front of others. Um, and, you know, through that is how I started to um, kind of come to the conclusions that you were talking about, about, you know, seeing people as people. And a lot of that just had to do with once I found the confidence in myself and, and started liking who I was as a person, um, I realized that I wasn't trying to project all my insecurities and bullshit um, on social media. And I got I, I started to, you know, be able to see people as people, if that makes sense at all. Absolutely. And I, I kind of understand the idea of, hey, um, I don't want to take a bunch of credit when uh, a lot of things got messed up in my life. For example, I, <laughs> yeah. I had gained a whole lot of weight and then lost a lot of weight and then ran some marathons. And, and people are like, well, that's just so amazing that you lost the weight. I'm like, yeah, it's also kind of crappy that I gained all the weight beforehand. Right, 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 right. Yeah, that, that's a great example. <laughs> Well, yeah, where it's like, uh, I know I was just a douchebag before is what happened. And now I'm trying not to be. Um, and look, you got to give yourself credit, right? Where it's like exactly. a lot of people, a lot of people gain, uh, gain the weight and don't lose it. Um, so what you don't want to do is like take away all credit from yourself because, you know, that's another form of like being self-hating where you can't even accept the good things you did because you're like, well, I was a piece of shit before and now I'm just like slightly less of a piece of shit. And I've been, you know, I go back and forth with that a lot. I have self-hating days and I have days where I think I can, you know, maybe have something to offer. Well, you obviously do. I mean, you've got an amazing circle of friends. You've got your um, jujitsu that you're pretty deep into right now. So yeah. And if I recall, the whole thing that sent everything careening for you was when you were of service to someone. Yeah, I mean, it's that's where I'm at. Um, and I'll, I'll, I'll say, and I mean this, where when I was rich and married and had a career, I was very depressed and I was miserable and I was around the wrong people and I was doing things for the wrong reason. You know, you kind of alluded to that where I would, a lot of the stuff I was like posting on social media, I mean, I believed in it for sure. Um, a lot of the progressive uh, things that I would tweet about, but I wasn't necessarily tweeting about it for the right reasons, right? Like it, it, it's, I'm not going to be one of those guys who got smashed by the left and goes full conservative. I wish I was. I'd make a lot of fucking money. Uh, <laughs> it would be great. I am struggling right now. And if I wrote, I know that I know the title that, yeah. that, that, that it would buy. If I, if I wrote a book called how I left the left and discovered that the right was right, they would hand me the captain of books would mm -hmm. come to my door and he would hand me a check for a billion dollars. And I would go on Fox news and I would go on real time. Uh, it would be great. Um, the problem is, You'd find yourself in the same spot you were in. Yes, exactly. And also, like, there's more nuance. I feel like nuance is not the easiest way to make a living, right? Or to get an audience where it's like, no. who wants to rally with me about being moderate? And all the moderates are like, not me. I want to stay at home with my family. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. get involved in this shit. Um, but it, it, it really is. It's how I feel. Um, and I, I totally forgot the original question. Oh, um, <sighs> So 
but back before when I was like very progressive, you know, even if I tweeted something that I agree with, if I tweeted black lives matter, um, I wouldn't then go out in the street and protest or donate or, um, do anything like that. I would refresh my Twitter to see who favorited it. And I would get those endorphin rushes and I would see if, uh, if Questlove liked it or, you know, whatever. And it just wasn't for the right reasons. I, I think I said this on Kreischer's podcast, but I, I was literally the guy who like my mom would be on the phone and I'm like, tell her I can't talk. I'm tweeting about feminism. And it's like, ugh. Um, and so I really had to like examine my motives and yeah, it's, it's been, it's been interesting, man. Yeah. But you really, I mean, are are teetering on this level of celebrity and about to break through, I'd say, uh, you know, to the other side. So I, I think there's so much in that where you're like, God, I'm almost here. I, I, I yeah. all these friends, I, I don't, you know, I've got to toe this line because that's, you know, you had good income, you had um, celebrity, you had certain expectations of where your message would be. Yeah. And I imagine, I mean, it's very difficult to step away from that. Not everybody's Joe Rogan. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Where people will, the, the, it's hard because for the longest time when I was doing comedy, when I was on the progressive end, um, something that I always sort of prided myself on is that like, I would, I, 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 I would speak how I, I, I had many opportunities to sell out and didn't take money. If I disagreed with the politics, um, I got my opportunity to go on Conan. And the only thing I had in my pocket was like this card that Bill Hicks's mom gave me. And I ranted about drones and, uh, have not been invited back. It was like the most hate mail they ever got. Um, <laughs> I really like, but it's easy to not give a shit and to brag about it when you're doing well, you know? Mm-hmm. And and now I really just have to trust the work where I, I, I feel like I'm breaking through to something important. This kind of mm-hmm. group of people that are sick of the extreme right and sick of the extreme left, liberals who feel like, they liberal men who feel like they have to run away from their masculinity, um, conservatives who don't line up with Trump or, you know, hate gay people, but see that the government on both sides is full of shit. Um, I feel like all those people are my people. And, but at the same time before, when I was like, fuck you on Conan and turning stuff down, I had a lot of money. Mm. And now uh, you know, I, I have to teach jujitsu for a living. I can barely tour with comedy. I just started the podcast. Um, I mean, man, I wrote that piece for Quillette, mm-hmm. um, which is like one of the tamest things I've ever written. I mean, the thesis is be nice to each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And I lost like about three, $400 a month on Patreon. Um, just because it was Quillette. Um, I had someone on verified Twitter call me transphobic. <laughs> and the article doesn't, the article doesn't talk about trans people. I, the only trans stuff in my standup is pro trans stuff. Um, and the problem is like, it's funny and we can laugh at it. And I emailed that to my friend being like, Hey, this is insane. Um, but at the same time, like I needed that money. Um, sure. and so when I think about, you know, I mean, for the longest time, like I didn't retweet, Sam Harris, I, I retweet. Oh my God. Here's another great example. I posted, 
I posted the other day, I'm reading Sam Harris's book, um, Waking Up, which mm-hmm. is about mindfulness and oh, yeah. inner peace and psychedelics. And I was like, man, this book is really great. And people were like, you fucking alt-right piece of shit. I do sell out. Yeah. And I'm like, this book isn't about that. I'm literally, I feel like Sam Harris's first chapter of his mindfulness book should have been, don't tweet about this book. It was the... <laughs> It was so insane and so ironic. And I feel the same thing about this piece I wrote now where I was like, man, people really don't like give each other a chance and we should be nice. And we just jumped to social media. And then like clearly the people who were attacking me did not read my article or didn't give a shit because they did the exact thing uh, that I wrote about. But it's a lot harder, man. And because, again, I. I don't want to go like full conservative because that's not really who I am. But at the same time, and I think I'm getting a little braver um, for sure because I knew writing for Quillette, I knew the left would jump on that. Um, but, you know, fuck in, him. Um, in, a, in a way, it's it's going to hurt you for now, but you're ultimately going to replace those people with other people and okay. change up your fan base. But it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt, man. And it's slow. <laughs> um, like I said, it, it's slow being nuanced. Where if I just jumped out, trust me, man, I got plenty of things I could say that I know about the biggest newspapers on the left, about some of the biggest voices on the left were like, I've heard how they talk off Twitter. Um, and like, they've said things to me, like if I wanted to play the game that they try to play with me, mm. like I could, and I'd probably be a lot more popular. Um, but I'm not, I just like, I can't, what saved my life. I mean, I got really lucky. I had a great girlfriend when kind of shit hit the fan for me. And, um, but what saved my life was honestly was not being bitter, was not being the guy who was attacked and then goes on Twitter all day attacking all of his people. Um, but unfortunately, even to defend myself, that also means I have people on Twitter that will just be like, you know, say horrible things about me that aren't true. Um, and I also have to not respond to that either. You know, um, it we it really Twitter incentivizes us to be negative and to be hateful, right? Mm-hmm. If I tweet, and I know this because when I used to attack people all day, I got a ton of followers and a ton of retweets. Whereas now, I really try just to post stuff I like or, or positive things or promote my friends' shows. And you know, yeah. I tweeted the other day like, really enjoyed Crazy Rich Asians, and it'll be like one favorite. But if I was mm-hmm. like, you know who, we got to get out of this country, crazy Asians, it would be like a thousand retweets. Sure. Or, or if I was like, you know, uh, oh, you, you like crazy rich Asians? Well, that's problematic because we should live in a world where uh, uh, all movies cast Asians. And the fact that we only have this one and you're making a big deal out of it makes you a secret racist. Why, like, they, why do they have to be rich? Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do they have to be rich? What about poor? What? Why wasn't the movie called Poor Transphobic Asians or tra- Transgender exactly. Asians? Asians are doing better than everybody else right now. I mean, they're getting more in harbor than anybody else. I, I don't understand yep. why you're bothering with that. I mean, you might as well be just supporting. Yeah, it's yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, and and you know, but I'm gonna keep doing it. Um, if not just for. My health. I mean, I said this in a interview that will never see the light of day, which is uh, for another. I'll tell you off air. Um, <laughs> but I, I said, uh, and it's true. Where it's like, it's what I was saying before. When I was married and rich, 
I was incredibly depressed. And now this is the least I've ever had since I was 22, um, 36. And it's the first time in my life I've been single um, for like an extended period of time. Um, I was living on a couch. I have upgraded to a roommate, which is very nice. Um, I My credit cards max out every month. Um, and, you know, it's really scary. At the same time, uh, I wake up every day incredibly happy. And I go to sleep every night incredibly happy. And there are moments where I get really scared. Um, and Danielle usually gets those phone calls. Um, but it's because I know what I'm doing. I'm doing it for the right reasons. I know I'm actually being like my authentic self. Um, I get to do jujitsu. I get to train. I get to, I still get emails from people who listen to the podcast saying it's helped them, uh, uh, walk back from suicide and depression and stuff like that. So my audience isn't as big as it used to be yet. Um, but if it's helping those people, then you know, I got to kind of suck it up and like keep plowing forward. I have a view on that, that there are fans and there are true fans. Yes. A hundred percent. And I think maybe you're whittling down to the core and finding the true fans. Yeah. They're the ones, they're the ones who ultimately carry you. And well, you know, it's really easy to being on the left and criticize the left, everything else. I mean, things can get a little crazy on the right too. Owen Benjamin lately has been pretty aggressive. Did he go after Rogan? He did. He's now apologized for it. But, um, but I'm just saying that there's a good example. You know, you don't have to attack. You don't have to always be angry that that can't feel good. Yeah. So I don't want Owen to make a video after me because Owen has been nothing but nice, but you know, Oh yeah. It seems like a nice guy, but just, yeah, it's, so I, I really like to stand up and, you know, for your fans who don't know, Owen actually, and this could actually get me in trouble. So I'll, so Owen, don't make a video about me. I'm going to defend you and maybe get in trouble. Um, (laughs) the thing that originally got Owen in trouble is like, yeah, I think he was like fairly liberal and like, you know, he was a club comic. So he had jokes about like, his wife, but they're really funny. I mean, what I saw on YouTube was really funny. Um, and he said, I don't think he started going after transgender people. I think there was a really famous, powerful liberal podcast guy. Yes, John who, Hodgman, I believe. Uh, no, 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 it wasn't Hodgman. Uh, Hodgman was friends with him. It was Jesse Thorne. Okay. Um, About a trans Jesse, kid. Uh, yeah. And they were going to um, uh, like, uh, start hormone blockers or something because they're a very young child they were like this child is going to be trans and look i support the shit out of trans rights um but that's one of those issues i haven't really weighed in on because i'm like uh i want to hear that shit from scientists because Mm -hmm. i i I, kids think a lot of things when they're kids especially if their parents are projecting it on them and that's i think what owen was saying and where it's like maybe we should wait um, I'm sure he said it like a comic on Twitter, so it wasn't like the most nuanced thing in the world, but it, it certainly wasn't the most hateful thing in the world either. And he like immediately lost his reps at, uh, CAA mm-hmm. and because he went really hard, he just started going aggressive. He started right. getting thousands and thousands of followers and I don't know what I would have done in that position if I, because the difference with me is I didn't get thousands and thousands of followers. When I went back on Rogan to sort of talk about what happened to me, my social media wasn't even back up yet. I didn't mm. have a podcast. 
I did it in a very dumb way because I wanted it to be like from my heart and not seem sure. like I just had something to, to promote. Um, and looking back on it, uh, probably not the smartest choice in the world. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's authentic. It's authentic. It was, uh, it, it was authentic. And, you know, I, I hope to go back on Joe's show and, we, we were actually texting the other day and I, I, I of course didn't want to be like, bring me back. Um, cause it was just, cause it was just a, a nice conversation. Sure. Um, and you know, poor guy probably has so many people, uh, mm -hmm. jumping on him about getting on a show. So, um, yeah, so I didn't promote anything. Um, so I got like a lot of people in my life, a lot of people who, in hindsight have been like, Oh dude, I saw you on Rogan and that was really good. But I didn't get that, like that Peterson bump. And if I did, if suddenly my Twitter went from 29,000 to a hundred thousand or whatever it did for Owen mm -hmm. and all of those people were like, fuck the left. And I felt hurt because a lot of my fans and friends turned on me, which is what happened to me in my real life. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe I would have gone down that path that Owen went down, you know, where I would have just gone full conservative because, but I didn't have that when, when all this shit happened to me, nobody rushed to my aid because I had pissed off both sides at that point. I had been a pretentious asshole to the right and to comedy fans. And I was a self-righteous douchebag on the left and the left was taking their sort of marching orders, which is like, Jamie is not one of us anymore. Mm -hmm. So I was such an easy target for both people, um, that I, I understand what Owen went through and, you know, maybe he believes all that stuff, but maybe he also got hurt and felt like a lot of people turned on him and he had support finally, you know, uh, I get it. Uh, that's kind of what happened to me with, progressive people as i started to flame out on politics suddenly all these progressive people were supporting me and i was making my living off of the podcast not off comedy so i was like well fuck comedy then you know because i felt like i felt like they turned on me um and so it was sort of a self-preservation albeit subconscious um uh strategy right right well and it's it's kind of hard to figure anything out i i think that owen is probably he may be conservative. He's, you know, definitely has a libertarian bent to him. And uh -huh. <laughs> the the only criticism I have is I like the guy is that he attacked people like Rogan and stuff. It's like, please just back off, dude. We know. Well, we know. I, I, I think I think he might be running out of people to attack. I mean, look, this is what <laughs> happens on the left, right? This is sort of human nature. So you get a bunch of liberals together and, you know, the reason we have Donald Trump as the president is because all we do is attack uh, each other and different sections of the left. I mean, dude, I remember when I was 24 and I had my first falling out with comedy, I wasn't getting booked because I was doing a lot of political stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, uh, I went home and I saw, I saw deaf poetry jam, um, on HBO uh, at my dad's house. And I was like, a lot of this is insufferable. But there was a lot of really cool stuff like most deaf used to host it and a lot of people were actually funny but i was like i'm funnier than all of those people and i like music like i'm a drummer so i kind of have like a rhythm mm -hmm. and i was like oh if i just like lengthen my jokes and get ranty i was already kind of ranty i mm -hmm. was like 
I bet I could do slam poetry. So I show up in, in New York and everybody was there from Deaf Poetry Jam. Like everybody I saw perform was in the audience that night because it's a really small scene. Mm-hmm. And I fucking murdered. I read off paper. I didn't know it was too long because I was funnier than them. Hmm. And my thought was, I was like, all right, comics in fight, musicians in fight, but slam poetry is so sad. And we are like a step below mimes. (laughs) That's certainly in this small niche group. No one is going to infight because we all desperately need each other. And within five (laughs) months of me, like, I went and I won like the big New York thing. I got flown to nationals. I came in fifth in the the world. Uh, I perform- wow. everybody was like somebody, some fucking lady wrote a response poem. Uh, how the stand-up comedian like used poetry to, and I was being slandered as a comedian now. And I was just like, son of a bitch. Like I can't go anywhere. Um, without attracting this shit and but that that's what happens is in every no matter how low on the artistic totem Mm -hmm. pole you go and i went low um there is ego and wherever there is ego and fragility um there's people who are just going to try to take you down instead of try to make their own shit better sure you'll have that in podcasting too Oh, I'm sure. I mean, at least with podcasting, though, I can do it in my fucking apartment um, <laughs> and just like not have to deal with people if I don't want to. That's true. That's true. But I, I think a lot of what happened with you and, and maybe the reason we see it more on the left than on the right is one, the right, I think, was really terrible, especially in the 90s. And we're trying to oppress everything and they got their asses right. kicked. That's that's the truth. The right got their asses kicked. So they're kind of going around saying, well, you know, we really don't have any voice. We really don't have anything. We're used to always being the uh, one on the outs in any conversation or any cultural thing like television, things like that. Right. And now it's swung around to where the right thinks the left is wrong, but the left thinks the right is evil. Yeah. And that's that really. I mean, that's what the piece that was the Quillette piece. And that was a that was a realization I had very very recently. I mean, one of the reasons I hadn't written a political piece since I've been back is because I kind of checked out of politics, mm-hmm. um, just because I was like burnt by it. And you know, my podcast tried to focus on um, more just like being a better person. So like, sure. even when I had Moby on, who like Moby's as political as you can get. We spent the whole hour and a half talking about being insecure in relationships and the Simpsons. Um, <laughs> or I, or like when it when it did get political, it wasn't uh, it wasn't about Democrat and Republican. So like I had Kevin Leon from the UFC, um, who man I think is going to be a champion very soon. And um, we talked about he grew up in Detroit, and we talked about like how he like ate healthy and became an athlete in Detroit when there wasn't access to healthy food. Like if you Mm -hmm. showed up at his school with a salad, they would call you gay. Uh, And so like, that was like social, but it wasn't like, you know, uh, it's because the Republicans put in like emergency managers in Detroit. Like it, it it, 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 it was just about, you know, picking yourself up and how he he as an individual got through all that. And 
that's kind of what I want to keep the, the, the show about. Um, but I sort of just, I hit a wall and, um, I don't remember how I started talking to Michael Knowles, who has a show on Ben Shapiro's network. Um, I think I saw him tweet something about like Chris, uh, or no, something about like the guardians of the galaxy, the James Gunn controversy. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know his politics, but it was like a good tweet. And I wrote a joke responding to him. It just got like retweeted in my feed. And then we started following each other and I was like, holy shit, you're like the most conservative guy in the world. He's like <laughs> right of Ben Shapiro. And, uh, but we were like DMing and I was like, ah, fuck it. Like I'm just going to, I'm going to go on a show. And, um, and I went on a show and, you know, I, I hate interviews where people just like repeat their writing. So I'll, so I'll give you something new where I remember we were backstage talking and he was like, um, he was like, man, I really love Norm Macdonald. And I was like, what the fuck? Like <laughs> I was so, I was like, I like Norm Macdonald. I was like, you like comedy? Like, and I was so surprised he liked comedy. Like the most shocking thing to me, there are so many uh, think pieces about what shocking thing Jordan Peterson said. Here's the most shocking thing Jordan Peterson said. I like Mitch Hedberg. I was so surprised. <laughs> and like, I think he, what band was he talking? Oh, he really likes the arcade fire. Like these are things that I love. And I've literally never pictured a man like Jordan Peterson watching Mitch Hedberg and going to an arcade fire concert sure. or someone like Michael Knowles, you know, I'm very surprised uh, Quillette left this line in, but I said something like someone like Michael Knowles laughing at anything that wasn't uh, like either like a poor person or wait, I forget what I said. I might've said the Parkland school shooting. I don't know. I said something very offensive. I'm glad they left it in. Oh, me too. Um, But it was true. Like I've literally never pictured a conservative laughing. And when that happened, I was like, Oh, I'm an idiot. And, and, and really all of this, this piece formulated when we were backstage where I was like, I told him that I was like, I literally assumed because we never talked to people on the other side that if you were not for single payer health care, I forget if I wrote this in the article or I just say this, sure. um, that that meant you wanted kids to die, essentially, because my belief was uh single payer healthcare is the way to get everybody insured um it would take away you know the reason i think obamacare is awful but the reason i supported it is because it took away things that i think are evil like the pre-existing conditions um and but i just naturally assumed the other side uh yeah just didn't give a shit if kids didn't have health insurance right when in reality what a lot of people on the other side do think is that they see the way that government is inept in a lot of other facets uh mm-hmm. in america and so they might actually think that their kids have a better chance Correct. of getting good health care um now i'm still somewhere in the middle on that because i also think that as long as your goal is make shareholders money and everything is for profit, then you're going to cut a lot of corners, right? But I also now see the problems in uh, uh, completely socializing Medicare. uh, And maybe there is a middle ground where it's like everybody has access to healthcare. That's the baseline. But if you want to buy in um, and, and, and get premium health care where, you know, 
you have instant access, you have all this stuff. Cool. Cause you earned that. It's tricky. The problem is there's nuance. There's no great answer. It's a big problem. Yes. And if the, and if the right just calls us a bunch of anarchist Maoists, and if the left just calls the right, a bunch of Nazis who want kids to die, then kids w- die. W- yeah. <laughs> and at goes. what, at what point are we going to talk and like find that nuance? Now, the reason that I was always as stupid as this sounds anti-nuance when I was in my progressive circle is because usually when you hear people talk about reaching across the aisle, it's corrupt Democrats and corrupt politicians sure. or, and, or corrupt uh, Republicans where it's like, oh, look at Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer. They're reaching across the aisles. Cronyism. Yeah. So they can both profit. And it's like, no, no, no. Fuck both of them. I'm talking about like actual decent Democrats and decent Republicans t- mm-hmm. talking across the aisle um, and voting those crony assholes out. You know what I mean? Sure. Well, and I would argue, too, that uh, we as Americans voted those crony assholes in. Yes. We need to start owning that. We have a problem of saying, I hate Congress, but we keep voting our party line, whatever it is, and putting the same jerks in, it's like, no, it's not. Our local congressman is just as corrupt as all the other ones. Yeah. And look look what happens when there's like a third party, like the Democrats treat Ralph, even though the Democrats agree with what Ralph Nader stood for more than they agreed with the policies of like Al Gore or whatever, they treated him like, like he was just like history's greatest monster. And it's like, mm-hmm. but you agree with him and you're, I mean, the same thing happened with Bernie uh, this year where people were like, if you support Bernie, you're sexist. But those same people now are tweeting pictures of like kids in cages and they're like, thanks, Jill Stein. Thanks, Susan Sarandon. And it's like, what the fuck? Like Susan Sarandon is not the reason that kids are in cages. She just supported Bernie Sanders. Um, and also I thought if you criticized a woman that was sexist, like, the hypocrisy, it's insane. I don't know if the same thing happens on the right with libertarian sure. candidates. I don't know if they say, you you know, uh, Rand Paul is going to cost us this election or uh, Gary you know. Johnson's who I voted for. He, it was kind of like the joker on the left, uh, um, clown on the right. And yeah. I chose a village idiot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I probably would have voted for him. I voted for uh, I voted for Sanders in the primaries and then I just couldn't bring myself to vote. Uh for Clinton. So I just didn't vote. I was in New York. I was like, it'll go, it'll go to her. But I, you know, I didn't support her. Um, but I don't think I said that on my old show. I think I kept that quiet. I think I just said, go vote. Right. Right. I mean, cause I didn't want to get in trouble. <laughs> and that, that's a horrible spot to be in. So while you're saying, okay, you're broke right now, maybe the reason why you're happy every day is that, well, I have nothing to prove. I don't owe anybody right. anything other than right. my credit cards, but Hey, yeah, they'll, they'll yeah. eventually work out. And, uh, you have, a clear conscience you know you yeah you i mean agree to disagree i have days man i mean i still walk around with a lot of shame about like what happened and like i mean if you google me it looks like i was accused of like sexual assault of like which is it could not be further from the truth i mean it was it was dating um and it was uh um you know again if I went into it, like, and I did on Rogan's a bit, but like, sure. uh, issue by issue and was like, here's why that's crap. Here's that lie. Here's that. I mean, just the, the, the Jezebel article alone left out so much. Um, and, and 
a lot of it was straight up untrue. I just didn't have the money to sue uh, and or get it removed from Google. But like that still affects me. So I have days where I feel really great about myself. I'm a really great, um, you know, even though I haven't had a day job in 20 years, I'm, I'm very lucky that I get to teach um, jujitsu and MMA. And like, I'm a really good teacher and I'm really helping people. And I think the podcast is really good. Um, and, you know, I just headlined my first show back the other day. Um, and it could not have gone better. Uh, and I'm, I'm booking gigs in in Sydney and in Europe right now. Um, with that said, all it takes is my agent being like, ah, this place saw your Google thing. And even though they think it's bullshit, uh, you know, it's just kind of scary. Yeah. And that it's not just like, Oh, I lost a gig and I lost the money. It is like this shame of like, you know, just the thought of somebody thinking, that I am anything other than uh, a, a good boyfriend, a solid uh, guy is, is really, really upsetting because there is a lot of stuff that I changed and that I needed to work on and that I recognized um, about my behavior in the past. Um, but it's not, it's not that stuff. I mean, I've done so much self-reflection and I was just like, a lot of that stuff was just bullshit, unfortunately, um, by people who were really upset with me. Um, and it's hard, you know, it, it, it's hard to, to my friends and to people in my life, I can talk about, you know, line by line, all the lies that were told and the things that people will quite frankly never know because I'm, um, I'm uh, attempting to move on and I don't want to try to bury people just cause they tried to bury me. Um, I've seen people who've done that and it worked, you know, I mean, that that's how Chris Hardwick got his job back. Um, you know, uh, is he was like, here's all the proof. Here's all the, and I wasn't really famous enough as Chris Hardwick. And when everybody came after me, I, uh, you know, I'm suicidal. And I was just like, I would rather it just all go away. And I just disconnected from everything instead of like going after, you know, going after people. And I also, I didn't want to be the guy going after a bunch of fucking women, like, um, cause there is still a, a, a lot of, uh, a, a lot of work guys have to do. And I didn't really want to be the poster boy, um, for like bitches be crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, um, I know you have a hard out that we've got to take care of and I really hope oh, yeah. we can come back on and yeah, discuss this further to. because I feel like this is the, um, preamble or, you know, the beginning of the, you know, new story. I'd love to continue talking and, and check back in a couple months with you. Yeah. Anytime, man. Uh, if I write that, uh, if I write that conservative book, I'll just be like covered in money and, uh, <laughs> and doing the interview in my hot tub, my computer. Can we tell your audience that, uh, the, uh, here's a reason to go support my podcast. Besides, I think you'll really like it. And my Patreon, uh, my computer literally is so broken. We couldn't do this interview cause I can't afford to get it cleaned up. Um, <laughs> and it just like restarted like 50 times. Uh, so that, uh, so that happened. I'm going to try to go con myself into the Mac store or the Apple store, uh, after this interview. Um, but yeah, no man, this was great. Uh, I'm so awesome. sorry about the technical stuff. No problem. Um, and, and uh, yeah, you got to come on my show and I, I hope your people check out my podcast or at least social media and say hi. Tell me I'm not a piece of shit. <laughs> Thanks so much. Everybody find him at jamiekilstein.com, Jamie Kilstein on Twitter, and Jamie Kilstein fan page on Facebook. 
Oh yeah, yeah. It's Jamie Hilskin fan page and the Instagram. Everything is different because I canceled all my social media accounts. Uh, the Instagram is uh, Jamie Hilskin podcast, and then Jamie Hilskin podcast is free on iTunes and Stitcher, and then we got a Patreon too. But use a Patreon so you can get earlier episodes. Yeah, earlier episodes and uh, and actually like a, a bonus episode every week where I do like AMA and 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 talk about things that I probably shouldn't be talking about. Very cool. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks, brother. Was A Quiet Place inspired by signs it comes at night in War for the Planet of the Apes? Was Ready Player One influenced by Avatar, Wreck-It Ralph, and The Last Starfighter? Is the Hurricane Heist more influenced by Sharknado or Geostorm? These are the kinds of questions my guest co-hosts and I discuss on my podcast, Piecing It Together. Every week, we look at a new movie and try to figure out what other movies inspired it, whether it's the story, the character development, tone, or even use of music. Every movie was influenced by something that came before, and we want to figure out what. Check out Piecing It Together on your favorite podcast app or check us out on piecingpod.com. You can also follow us on social media at piecingpod. Piecing It Together is a part of the All Points West Podcast Network. Now, tonight's adventure into the unknown. Shut up and sit down. Sarge and Frenzy from the Sarge Approved Podcast. Uh, if you're not familiar, the Sarge Approved Podcast has a guest every episode featuring uh, people like actors, comedians, uh, survival experts, authors, martial arts experts, basically a whole gamut of badass people. Yes. And you can check out all our episodes on all the podcast platforms, iTunes, Spreaker, uh, Stitcher, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, um, and yeah. you can check us out on all our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the things. It's all at Sarge Approved. Yep. Check it out, and we hope you enjoy it. Bye. Later, fuckers.